Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Managed to put a bit of lipstick on. You look divine. Oh, thank you. Do you feel? Does it make you feel a bit more normal? Or does yes. it feel really alien? It makes me feel normal, but then I think, oh, I've got a child, so I feel a bit more like if I do something, I think, oh, I shouldn't do that because I've got a child. I shouldn't swear, and st-, you know what I mean. But obviously, I still do. But then it goes through my head, and I think, oh. And I've been on the phone to my sister because she's with my sister tonight. Is she okay? Is she? And, and my sister's got three kids. She's fine. But I'm still like, oh my god. She doesn't know. I know. She doesn't know what to do, <laughs> even though she's way better than me at everything. <laughs> it's so funny. I think back to like my mum and dad when they used to be with the boys. And fair enough, like it's a different generation. They did crazy things with us and they do try it with the grandkids. Mm. But I literally have that fear of what are you going to do with my child? <laughs> yeah. They brought us up. They're okay. And my mum always reminds me, we didn't have a prep station in my day. We didn't have these nappies in my day. Your auntie had had five lads, all under 10, with these nappies with pins. And you think, oh, my God, I'm really crap at it compared to... I'm glad I've had a baby now and not back then, because I don't know if I'd be able to do it. It's hard enough now for me, <laughs> never mind years ago. How, how old is Mia now? 11 week. <gasps> yeah, I know. Bless and her. how much does she weigh? Well, she gets weighed every other Thursday. When she was born, she was 4'10". She was tiny. Oh. And last week, she was 9'11". So she's, she's getting there, yeah? She's, she's doing First everything. First child, I was literally her. there every week getting really? weighed. Third child, I literally haven't been to the clinic to get weighed. Yeah. 
funny, isn't it? You just like it. Just it's fine. It's fine. It's mm. fine. Yeah. Is he standing off the floor? It's fine. <laughs> um, so, talk to me about you and your childhood. What was your childhood like? Oh, my childhood was brilliant. Um, grew up in Bury, Manchester, and uh, yeah, whoop. And yeah, it was just working class Northern family. Uh, we had a caravan in Scotland. We went there every year for our holidays, which I loved. I spent most of my childhood in the garage. My dad used to build and race Caterham Super Sevens, and so. Uh -huh. It's like a, like a racing car. Okay. Yeah. And so I was always in my dungarees, in the garage. I've got an older sister, Nina. She's seven years older than me. Who was actually, she was actually training to be a midwife when she fell pregnant with her first baby. I don't know why I needed to slip that in, but I just thought it was weird. <laughs> that's, that's motherhood. Yeah. Things will come out of your mouth yeah. and you'll be like, oh, um, I don't know where I was going. So, so it was kind of, Nina was always, from midwife, she then went into working in primary school and now she's a carer. So she's always been very much the mumsy one out of the two of us, whereas I was the kind of Tasmanian devil, not knowing what to do, running wild, kind of causing havoc. Um, but my childhood was brilliant. So did you ever think about yourself as a mum and the kind of mum that you would be? No, and it's probably going to sound really bad, but I never... Not that I didn't want children. Like I said, my sister's got three. My two best friends have got two babies each, so I've grown up around babies. But until I met Gorka, I... I couldn't picture myself as a family with anybody because the relationships I'd had previously weren't stable enough for me to even consider having a child. I just always imagined that I'd be 40-odd with about six or seven dogs and I'd be fine with it. I just, when I met Gorka, something changed in me and I thought, oh, there's a softer side of me. And did that happen? Did you have those conversations then? Yeah. He's Spanish and his family's a big thing for him. And he said to me, you know, he asked me, do I ever want babies? And I said, well, yeah, I think I, maybe. You know, I was thinking, why? <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, and he explained to me that he did want that in his future. So I suppose he was doing the, the right thing of sussing out. If we didn't want the same thing, there was no point wasting time. And I said to my mum when I got home, I said, I think I can see myself with Gorka long term. You know, most of them had got to like two years and then it just kind of went weird. So, yeah, it, it was from, I think, when, when you meet the right person, sometimes it just clicks. And talk me through finding out you were pregnant. <laughs> How was that? It, it was weird because my birthday's in November every year and it lands on the weekend that's every year. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done, yeah. <laughs> Apart from leap years and then it's not, it changes. Oh. I was meant to say every year it's in Blackpool, the Strictly weekend. <laughs> The year that Blackpool's in Strictly is my birthday weekend, every November. <laughs> and um, so we have a big night out. And again, I love Blackpool. I think you think Vegas, shit goes down in Vegas, you want to have a night out in Blackpool. So but there's a big party there. And I went last year with Gorka and everybody, and the year before, of course. And it was a Saturday night, and on the Wednesday... I still felt hungover, and I said to Corker, I said, I've been poisoned. I said, I feel horrendous. I said, I know I don't drink a lot now, but this isn't right to feel this hungover. He said, oh, you'll be fine. You had a lot of shorts. It's fine. Okay. I was like, poof. And then the following weekend, my boobs started really wrecking. Straight away, I just went, oh, my God. I said, I'm pregnant. And he was like, what? I said, I'm going to do a pregnancy test. And because I'd, I was on the pill and I'd stopped the pill in the end of the July. To give your body a rest or? Just because we'd, we'd said, we were, instead of actively trying, we said, let's just stop not being careful. Yeah. 
um, and see what happens. Um, and also, I've read stuff that doctors, even doctors said to me, oh, it's going to take a good three or four months at least for your body to get back to normal. Yeah. So I was thinking, oh, it's fine. It'll be at least another year. But it wasn't. It was quite quick. And we did the test, and it wasn't a hangover. I was um, about five and a half weeks pregnant. And so I, of course, then started getting upset and I said I'm I've drank already and this baby's only tiny and I've drank and it was just I rung my mom and we FaceTimed our parents and they were thrilled and both my mum and my sister both burst into tears and said we genuinely didn't think it would happen for you don't you make me cry I know and I was like why would it not happen for me why and, <laughs> just, I like, and they just said well you were just so content with everything anyway it's like my sister, all she wanted to do in life was be a mum. Mm. And she's very fortunate. She's got two boys and a girl, but that's all she's ever wanted. And she's done everything all her life. All her jobs have been around the school, the school times, whereas I've just been the complete opposite. So I didn't, you know, when I told them, I bet they thought it was some kind of <laughs> joke at first. <laughs> and how was your pregnancy? Pregnancy was fab. It was really good. I was mean, it strange for you? Because obviously you're really into your fitness. Yeah. Was it strange seeing your body change in a way that you can't control? It was strange, but in a kind of... I didn't see it as, oh, I'm pregnant, I'm going to eat, eat whatever I want. People said to me, oh, you're eating for two now. And I was thinking, well, my baby's not 11 stone like myself. <laughs> I'm not really eating for two. Um, but I did want a lot of, like bread and pasta and things that I, I normally have like every a couple of times a week but I was having it every single day but it was kind of I saw it changing but not in a like oh god look at these stretch marks or oh it was like look at my belly today and look how big my boobs are now and I saw all those signs as the fact that my it was doing its job I never saw it as a case of oh my god I'm so fat because I'm pregnant it was like I'm pregnant, my body's working the way I, me and Gorka are lucky enough to have it working. My mum actually said to me, she said, oh, you know, this, this glow, you're glowing in this and that by like seven months. I was like, oh my God, get this thing out of me. <laughs> and it's funny how something switches and you physically think I'll do anything to not be pregnant anymore and just have my baby because my back was aching and, you know, I'd wash my hair and the day after it'd be greasy. And I think the glow then was like a sweat. It wasn't, it wasn't a, when people say you've got a pregnancy glow, it's like, no, I'm just sweating. That's all it is. <laughs> and then let's go on to your labour, because you actually had, you had plans to have a water birth. Yes. I'd planned to do a water birth. And Did you do hypnobirthing or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, and I loved it. I really enjoyed hypnobirthing. Gorka fell asleep in our hypnobirthing session. <laughs> he was so relaxed. He was massaging my back. I was going more and more forward. I was thinking, <laughs> I turned and it was his head on my back <laughs> and he was, he'd fallen straight asleep. Um, but I do think the hypnobirthing did really help me mentally because I'd planned this water birth and my waters broke on the 2nd of July and Mia was due, well, they said she'd be due around the 17th. So, but I always think they should just tell you a month. Your baby's due in once a year in November. <laughs> you know, something like that, yeah. And so, because it just threw me, because I was thinking, oh, she's going to be early, she's going to be late, and it's, she came when she was ready. And, but my waters broke, and nothing happened. And then after 24 hours, I had to go into hospital, and they kept me monitored. Again, nothing happened, so um, they induced me with the, the thing that goes in you. It's not very nice, is it, that? 
Um, and did things get intense after that in terms of contract? Were you having contractions? No, it was weird. I wasn't having anything. It ah. was it was like um, really just a dull ache, yeah. like a period pain. And I had a sweep. I had that thing in me. Nothing happened. And then they they put me on the other machine that monitors the baby's heart rate. Yeah. And one of the midwives noticed it dropped a few times. So she said, we're going to now induce you with the the liquid. She said it can bring it on very quick, but it could be quite painful and quite fast. And by this point, I just said, well, whatever, just please. Because I'd been there with two days nearly. Mm. And as soon as that started, I did start my contractions. But by the second one, a heart rate dropped really low. I think it dropped to like 40. And she said to me, the midwife at Bolton was brilliant. She just leaned over to me and she said, I'm going to press a red button. Everyone's going to come in, but you just need to stay calm. And I was like, okay. And she did. And everyone came in. Gorka said it was like a Formula One pit stop. Because <laughs> everyone was just around me. They said, it's going to be a section. And I said, that's absolutely fine. I was absolutely crapping myself. But I, something in me was just like, okay, this is what's meant to happen. This is the best way. And it was only when... They put the epidural in me, and I was lay on the bed. A guy came over and I had to sign a piece of paper. If I need blood transfusions, will I accept them? And, and I, then I started thinking, oh my god, this is quite serious. It's quite manic. Gorka then came in in his scrubs, which were too big for him, which made me laugh. He was like his hat was like down here, and his <laughs> sleeves were quite long, and he just I stood. Can imagine him just getting yeah. quickly dressed. Just put yeah. it on, put it on, get yeah. out, get in. And then. They were like kind of, I was moving around on the bed and because they were trying the hardest to get her out. And there was only one point, I was, I was very relaxed. And there was one point though when I looked at him and I said, she's not, they can't get her out. And he was like, what? And I got really upset and I said, she's not coming out. I said, something's wrong. They can't get her out. And literally as I'd finished that sentence, they held her up like Lion King. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she's, she's there. She's fine. And then everything was fine. Did skin on skin. She did great. And then it was about two hours later, I had a hemorrhage. And it was a big one. But because I was numb from the epidural, I, couldn't, I wasn't aware I was bleeding. I had the covers on me. And I just kind of was feeling a bit faint on the bed. And the nurse come in, and again, the button was pressed. Loads of doctors came in. One putting IVs in me, one injecting me, one massaging my stomach, one was physically, like, pulling clots out of me. And um, one was with Gorka, because he was in a mess. <laughs> in the corner, bless him. I looked round and he had to sit him on a chair with his head between his legs. <laughs> <laughs> because it was just, because the ward was small and it was, everyone had rushed in and he'd not eaten. And um, I kept saying to him, you're all right? And he was just like, this is going, I'm fine, I'm fine. I was like, oh. And um, they wheeled me out. But the thing that scared me is they took Mia out first. And I remember my eyes went straight. She was in like a little plastic cot thing. And I suddenly had this fear there and I thought, if this doesn't work, I'm not going to see her again. And that's when I started, I said, you need to stay with Mia. And then I was saying to the nurses, where are you taking her? Where is she going? And they were going, she'll be fine, don't worry. And I was trying my hardest thinking, stay awake. It's, you know, but because they were pumping me with so much medication, my eyes were going like, the next thing I knew, I woke up in the high dependency ward and Mia was next to me. Gorka was, my mum and Peter, her husband had come back. They were in the... Um, supermarket buying tiny baby clothes because none of the clothes fitter that we had and there was a lovely midwife and she told me what had happened again um, and we were in for four days and then they let us go home how was it at the time waking up and hearing that that had happened to you it was weird I didn't ask why it had happened all I was concerned about in my head I again I don't know if it was the hypnobirthing but I said to Gorks 
I said, it's still a success. I said, because she's here and I'm here. Yeah. I said, this was just how it was meant to be for us. And you hear of so many people who plan to have, you mm. know, a water birth or whatever, and then they end up with a C-section. Actually, it's something they they hold on to. Yeah. And they can't, they just feel so let down by their own, their yeah, own bodies. I, and it's, I so, it's so horrible knowing yeah. that. I felt like a bit, I do all this training, I'm healthy and I can... I'm so strong physically in the gym and I've done my Thai boxing for 10 years, but I can't even birth my own baby naturally. And my mum, she always makes fun out of bad situations, my mum. She's always said to me, look on the bright side, could be worse. And she leaned over to me and she said, you don't well, kiddish, and at least your nun's not ruined. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. And I, thought, I mean, you heard earlier. Yeah, and yeah. I thought, I've still got a vagina yeah. that's working properly. Cavernous was yeah. used, cavernous. Bladder's gone a bit. Yeah. But everything, but so my mum kind of put it, you know, she said, no birth is easy, no. whether it's natural, C-section, whatever. There's always pros and cons to both. She said, but the outcome of having a healthy baby and the mum to be able to talk about it, that's the success. Mm. So for anyone who had a section without planning or it's afterwards where, again, where I felt, oh, I can't even hold her for too long because my scar hurts and when I was breastfeeding her, the pain, it was like I was contracting again. It was really weird. But it was like a phase. And for the first week, I could never see myself now. You can't see. Well, I couldn't see past that moment. And I thought, I'm going to feel like this now forever. I'm going to be walking like a T-Rex forever, not being able to brush my own hair. And, you know, if I sneeze, it hurt. I just physically felt, ugh. My sister had a, um, an emergency C-section, and she developed a new laugh. Really? Because she couldn't laugh properly. Because so it'd be like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't laugh. You can't do. It's it's really weird, and it and also this is not very nice, but it's fine. You get very gassy. Yeah. Because you've been open. <laughs> yeah. You get very gassy, and I remember the health visitor came around once, and I went to pick Mia up, and I, I trumped so loud I went, "Oh, Mia." <laughs> And I thought, and I felt so bad. And my mum just gave me a look, and I was like, shh. And she was like, less than two weeks old, and I was blaming her for my farts. And I was like, oh. But it stopped now, obviously. The, well, the excuses stop now. He says to me, you're not full of wind now for your C-section. It's just, you're full of wind. <laughs> and how was it when you first brought me home? Because obviously you'd had her in the hospital for four days. Yes. How was it when you actually got to bring her home? Oh, I was grabbing myself. It was the th they told us in the hospital, they said, oh, you can go home today. And all our families were like, yay. And me and Gorka went, oh, shit. <laughs> what were we supposed to do? Because the midwives were physically putting me on my boob when I was trying. And, and if I needed them in the night, I could press a buzzer. And the bed, it was electric, so I could put it up. I didn't have to physically sit up myself. And I thought, I've not got that at home. We drove home from the hospital, and it took what would have been a 20-minute journey, almost an hour, because he was, like, at 22 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm not going any faster with her in the back. And we, we got in, and my sister had popped round, and she only stayed for about 20 minutes, half an hour, helped us unpack. And then she left, and Mia was just in a carry cart, and we both just went, what do we do with her? And I was like, well, she let us know when she's hungry. How do I know when she needs food? And she did. She let us know all night that she was, really? yeah, the first night was, oof, 
She was crying all night and Gorka had to go and do two shows the following day. He had a four hour drive and he had to do two dance shows. And um, <laughs> I used to remember he stood at like two in the morning, his alarm was set for four. And he was stood with her at two and he said to me, we should have stayed in the hospital. <laughs> 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 um, and I, but again, I was half of me thought, right, let's. I need to phone my mum because she'll know what to do. And then the other half thought, no, you're the mum. It's three in the morning. You have to get through this. <laughs> and uh, I love that. No, you're the yeah. mum. Well, I'm still that type <laughs> yeah. of person. If my mum's in a different aisle in the supermarket, I panic. <laughs> like if I go, if I'm with her and she goes missing, I'm like. Where's my mum? And now that's me. Imagine you customer services. I've lost my mum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would. Like, because my dad passed away when I was really young, so since then, me and my mum have been like that. She goes on holiday tomorrow. She goes to Spain, and I'm dreading a fly-in. I keep thinking, please make her get there safely. I can't bear it. So anything like that. And since having Mia, it's even worse. Yeah. It's like I cried at an RSPCA advert the, the week I come <laughs> home with her. That's it, just the start. It really got to me. It's weird. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How has it been since then, since that first night? Because I liken the first three weeks to hell. Yeah, it's kind of like... You it's, laugh. It's it. like a hangover, but without the good night out. Yeah. It's all... We're very, very lucky. When I heard Mia's weight, I panicked because I thought, crikey, she's going to be a... She's going to need feeding a lot. And she's on catch-up from being mm -hmm. born. I, I said to go because she's a catch-up baby already, bless her. You know, I, I've got friends who had babies at birth heavier than what she is now but she's been I don't know if it's because the way she arrived was traumatic or maybe because she's going to be a rebel teenager but touch wood she's been a very good baby in that if she's hungry or in pain because she gets quite a bit of gripe she's getting a bit better now she'll cry but other than that she's very very chilled almost to the like the first week I was putting my finger under her nose every night. <laughs> if she didn't wake up, I'd p poke her until she moved just to check. You know, it was kind of... And then I was like, oh, we've, you know, she's a good baby. And then she'd have two or three nights where I was like, oh, my God, she's the devil. You know, <laughs> she's, like, screaming and throwing her head back. And, you know, and I'm trying to feed her, and she's going... Eh, eh, eh. And it's like she's hungry, and I'm like, it's here. 
take it, but she's going all the way around it <laughs> instead of just being on it, you know. And But then she'll have loads and loads of good days as well. Like, for the last week, she's been down at half ten and getting up at half five, which I know is not loads. But that's a good stretch. That's, a that's good. enough to make you feel human. Yeah, especially seeing as though she's only 11 weeks. Yeah. And then the first few nights she did that, was I, I rung the health visitor and I said, she didn't wake up in the night. I said, is it okay? You know, like, do I need to do anything or feed her more? Am I doing something wrong? She said, no. She said, that's what she's doing. And she said she'll find her own routine. And she's done really well. I mean, what should be horrendous for me tomorrow now? <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's yeah. always that thing. As soon yeah, as you, you say something you don't want to feel up. like, oh, yeah. she's doing good. But she is very chill. But me, we're very chill as a family. And the first time she cried at home, I was like... Oh my gosh, what do I do? You know, don't put on my shoulder, do this. Whereas now I think, oh, she's crying, babies cry. You know, it's fine. And the first time I took her out, I'm thinking, please don't cry, please don't crap yourself, please don't do anything. You know, just sleep for an hour, that's all I need. Whereas now, I think if anyone has a problem with a baby that's crying or a baby that needs to go and be changed, then it's their problem. We were all babies. <laughs> Was that something that you worried about before then? It Was there sort of an anxiety attached to leaving the house? Yeah, it was just a case of what if something happens and I'm not at home? I mean, not that being at home would make it easier. I suppose it makes it less embarrassing in a way because I used to be that person where if someone sat near me on a plane with a baby, I'd think to myself, oh, I'm not going to get any sleep now because this kid's going to be crying. And that's going to be us at Christmas when we take her to Spain. <laughs> There'll be people giving us the eye before we get on the plane. They'll be thinking, I hope they're not on our flight. Whereas I have a more of an understanding now. And if we're out and there's a mum or dad with a baby that's crying, you kind of think, I get it, don't worry. Do you know what I mean? Or you kind of, half of you wants to go and hug them and say, it's fine. And the other half of you wants to go and high five them and think, you deserve a gin because that's annoying. And it's only about, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you, you know how annoying they <laughs> Sometimes there's not even any tears with her either. It's just a cry, like a wail. And other times she'll do it and she makes eye... She goes, Aah! and then when she checks, you, you look and she'll go... <laughs> so she's already, she's already clever enough to know that I've got these two around my little finger. <laughs> it's going to get worse and worse. But it's interesting that support between other mums. And, yeah. and I think if I see a baby crying or a toddler having a tantrum, I always have to go sort of like, oh, I've been there. Yeah, definitely. Just so that they're not, they don't think I'm another person in the room that's judging. Because mm -hmm. I think that can so easily, like the mum sweats I have had. Oh, yeah. It's just, I mean, you're talking about sweating yes. in pregnancy. Mum yeah. sweats is a whole other ball game. Do you know the first time I had mum sweat was when, because she was so little, the midwife had to come around every two to three days to weigh her. And getting her undressed and stuff at home, I can do it like that. Putting a baby girl on, I can do it on my knee. Doing it in front of a midwife, her hands were all sprayed. And I was like, I don't want her to think I'm going to break her fingers. Then I got it stuck on her head. And she was, and I was sweating everywhere. But then the midwife goes. And then five hours, six hours later, I'm changing her again. I do it in seconds. It's weird how you feel under pressure when there's a professional, yeah. you know, I'm doing it wrong. I have found, by the way, for mum sweats, my biggest tip is I have, um, so I use like a rock salt deodorant and I have started putting it down and under. Ah. Honestly, dry. So I just whack a bit of talc on. Very good. Yeah, just I whack like a bit it. of talc on. And, and, uh, and how has it been physically? Because one, well, first of all, your recovery. How yes. has that been, knowing that you've had to take things really slowly? 
it was more mentally frustrating. Mm. I've always, I've never trained to be a certain size. I'm broad, I'm 5'9". I've always been good northern stock, as my granddad says. Growing up, I was never made to feel I should be a certain size. We just never talked about it in our family. For me, exercise was, I used to do karate, and then I started my Thai boxing, then I did my gymnastics. And it was just because I enjoyed it. And mentally, I used to come home feeling so good that that's why I trained. And then I started weightlifting, and again, that gave me such a buzz. But never once did I think, I'm doing this because I want to be a size 10, or I want to fit into a certain dress, or I've got a holiday booked. The physical side of it for me wasn't frustrating because I thought, well, my body's it's just like a baby, I'm healing. But mentally, because, you know, some people like a drink, some people go to food, some, I went to exercise because I couldn't do that. I mentally started feeling a bit, oh. And it was funny, I was listening to the other girls before saying about resenting your partner. I had a little bit of that because Gorka's into his fitness as well. He loves it. And then he'd be on tour dancing and I'd see him on stage doing his thing, you know, or I'd ring him and he'd be in the gym and I'd be at home with me and I'd put the phone down and think, I want to go to the gym for, you know, I, and I couldn't even get off the chair. <laughs> so there was tiny little bits, but it was just because... I mentally didn't feel great. And then my mum said, there's nothing to stop you walking. When you feel better, we can go for walks. And I started walking just around my estate. The difference mentally, just getting fresh air, and it kind of helped me a lot. The fresh air did her a load of good. She was like a different baby when I brought her home after being on a stroll. And so it slowly got better. I've had people say to me, I bet you can't wait to get your body back. And I thought, well, where's it gone? It didn't disappear. It just changed and altered for me to enable it to do its job and create a human. So it's not a case of wanting to get something back. It's just working with now what I have after creating a life. Well, I think it's really refreshing to see someone who is so into fitness and strength, but taking their time and being honest about it. Mm. I think when I first started reading your captions about how you were taking it slowly... For me, it was really refreshing because I know that when I had just had Max, for instance, and I saw loads of other mums who had just given birth going back at it and they were doing really like Oof. intense things straight away. And there I was going for a walk, feeling like everything was going to fall out. Yeah. You know, so I yeah. literally have to shuffle back. And then I feel like I felt really bad because I wasn't able to do what other people mm. were doing. Whereas one of your big messages is listen to your body yeah. and do what you can do and don't even don't look left and right. Yeah, it's okay. Again, I think with Thai boxing, people think it's very aggressive, but it's all about it's focus and discipline and respect, and it's about all of that with, within your body and how to be the best version of yourself. You have to help yourself. Mm. For my body to recover, it has to just rest for this period, and. My first weight training session, I've booked in, it's the 15th of October. I had Mia in the 4th of July, so it's a long time, really. And we're still doing it for half the time we'd normally do it. It's not like we're saying, right, let's go straight at it. I bloody crap myself, I think, <laughs> trying to lift something up. Um, but I just think, in the grand scheme of things, waiting 12, 16, 14 weeks is nothing. I mean, you were pregnant for nine months what's three months post if you can do little bits and I'm very much so with my foods I try and eat nutritional food because that makes me feel better for me personally if I eat sluggish food all the time that's how I feel yeah. 
So, yeah, once a week I still have my chippy tea, rubbing pizza on the way still home now. from it. Yeah, definitely. But, like, I love just whacking loads of stuff in my blender and making smoothies and almond butter on toast as a snack. I just try my, my hardest to do the best with what I've got, really. Mm. And how you were breastfeeding, weren't you? You still yes, breastfeeding? not anymore, no. How did you find that side of it? She took pretty much straight away, which I was pleased about. But I had help with the midwives. Like I said, they were doing doing it for me. The amount of people that you just let touch. Yeah. Just like, like whatever, squeeze do. and like protrude into the mouth. Yeah. When I got home, the only thing that was going through my head was that how will I know how much she's taking? But then it clicked, well, when she's full, she'll just stop. Mm. And when she's hungry, she'll want more. Because she was tiny, she wanted feeding a lot for the first couple of weeks. So that was tiring and... My scar was hurting. I don't know if it happened to anyone else, but when I was feeding, I was bleeding a lot as well. And I don't eat red meat. I've not eaten red meat since I was about 20. So I was just like, ugh. It was like being on a constant period, you know, and I was knackered. And the midwife said to me, are you expressing? And I was managing to express quite a lot, but not enough to keep her feeding. So what I started doing was expressing as much as I could. And then the night Skorka was home, he'd be up in the night with her from the bottle. And then again in the morning, I would put her back on the boob. Um, but even then, sometimes I'd put her down. By the time I'd winded her, put her down, I'd like get, get myself sorted, put my bra strap back up, sit down, and she'd start again. I'd be like, oh, Jesus. She's never going to not be not hungry. But, and then I'd hear stories of... You know, I see pictures of women breastfeeding in public looking gorgeous, saying, my baby instantly took and so fulfilled. And I'd think, oh, my God, I'm failing at breastfeeding. I couldn't deliver, and now I can't even get her to suck my boobs. It was kind of... But then I'd hear other women say, well, I never even produce milk. And you think, oh, my God, it's different for every single person. Are you surprised at how much shame and judgment there is around different areas of motherhood? Mm. Because for me, I kind of feel like it's stuff that we put on ourselves. Yeah. Like the biggest person that's judging is you on yourself. Definitely. I stopped breastfeeding about eight and a half weeks. And I discussed it with Gorka from four weeks. But it took that long to decide. Because I was saying, but I, I kind of feel like I'm not giving her the nutrients she needs. And then you've got the people saying, I mean, I asked her, someone, I said, how long is it recommended for? And she said, oh, if you can do two years. I was like, they have teeth. <laughs> I was like, T I, I was like, really? And she said, yeah, that's what we, we recommend. So then I was like, that's not right. And then I mentioned it to my mum. She said, well, you were never breastfed. Now there was your sister. You two turned out fine. I was like, well, did we? And I was, and I was like, yeah, I, I do. I said, well, I'll just do another week. And I, I wanted to I wanted her to do the first three days for the colostrum, and then I wanted to get her. They all told me that um, the midwife told me that the healthy birth weight was five eight, so I wanted to get her to five eight. And then I said, "Well, I'll do three weeks, and then I'll do a month, and I'll do." Two, and Gorka said, "You're going to keep doing this. If you're going to stop, stop." He said, "Whatever you decide to do, I will support you." He said, "But what I will say is, you've done so well, but you don't seem to have enjoyed it." And he was right. I was enjoying seeing Mia thrive, but me, mentally, I was tired. And I said to my mum, I'm going to stop breastfeeding. And she said, OK, love, whatever. She said, I'm going to the shop and get you some cabbage leaves. And just like that, she did. And they went in. My boobs wrecked for a good two days. 
I still get milk, which is weird now and again. Yeah. Maybe like once a week, I'll, you know, I'll just get a little bit and I think, oh, that's not gone back yet, annoyingly. Um, but then I, I still sometimes look at Mia when she's feeding and think, have I done the right thing? And I have because she's a happy baby. And people say, oh, breast is best. Or, but I just think fed is best. And if they're being fed and they're happy and they're putting weight on, then that's fine. Well, and like you were saying, because actually I was in a similar position with Buzz, and that's where Happy Mum, Happy Baby comes from. Right. Because although I did end up feeding him for longer, I was at a point six weeks in where I was not in a good place. Yeah. And it was hurting every time. Like, And he would feed for you know 45 minutes to an hour, yeah. then he'd sleep for an hour, then he'd be back up. And I think it, well, it was one of my friends who said, don't forget, you are so important. Yeah. And if if the mum's not happy, and mentally as well, yeah. if you're in a bad place, that's going to feed into into mm. your baby. And you, you need to be in a good place yeah, to be definitely. able to be a good mum. It's that thing, guilt. You're gonna, we're going to feel it the yeah. whole way through our lives. And, and so, I've, you know, I, I think to myself, God forbid. I mean, she will be poorly. Like, all kids get coughs, colds, whatever. But I said to my mum, the first time she has a cough or a cold, I'm going to say... It's because I stopped breastfeeding at two months. <laughs> if I'd have breastfed for longer, she'd have a better immune system. I, fed, I know I will. <laughs> I've fed all three of my kids for over a year, and all of them are so snotty, <laughs> so many colds. I would not worry. That, to yeah. me, is a load of rubbish. Yeah. Uh, what has been the biggest surprise so far? The fact that I've done it, really. You surprise yourself. I think one of the, the main fault women have is we don't give ourselves enough credit for how capable we are at doing something that that's part of nature. From the minute I found out I was pregnant, I was so excited, but in the back of my head I was thinking, I can't even keep a plant at home alive, really. And I've got Norman and Ollie, but they're like humans anyway, but more older, wiser humans than I am. They don't need loads. And I've done it, though. She's 11 weeks, she's so happy and she's she's just like a cool little baby she's like my best mate it's weird i can't remember it without her now mm. and i think if someone had said to me this time last year you'll have a baby and you'll you'll do all right you'll pull your hair out and you'll be knackered and you'll use wet wipes and dry shampoo for a good month but you'll be fine i would have gone as if i'll probably just get another dog but I have done, and I think that's the thing with women. We don't give ourselves the credit, but, you know, no matter what we do, whether you have, you know, I cried in the shower in the first month. I cried on FaceTime to Gorka when my mum was in the kitchen making dinner. She didn't know. But anything I've done, whether it's putting a nappy on back to front or falling asleep with her when I'm feeding, Mia still thinks I'm the best thing in the world. And that's what everyone's sons or daughters will think about them. So no matter how shitty you think you're doing, your little baby thinks you're the hero. So that's what's important to me, really, what she thinks, not other strangers. So true. And it's also so important that we talk about those times where mm. we're crying yeah. and we're finding it really hard. Yeah. Because it just becomes so overwhelming. Yeah. And it's crazy to think that this little thing that you have longed for and that you love so much can, can upset you. break yeah. you so yeah. much. Yeah. It's a weird feeling because, like, I love her so much, but part of me can't wait because in the morning I can have a bath because she's at my sister's tonight. 
But then after my bath, I'm going to think, oh, I need to go and get her. I can't <laughs> wait to see her, you know. Does it feel quite weird being, like, out? Yeah. It feels weird. It's, it's also nice because it's nice for me and Gorka to have our time. Yeah. But then all we do is speak about Mia <laughs> when we're on our own and think, oh, she'd love this, wouldn't she? Oh, we can't wait for her to see this. You know? I love it. She, said, she would have loved yeah. this place. She, yeah. <laughs> she would have loved this decor. It's, it's weird. Um, but I do think it is important to still try and have that time with just you and your partner. For the well, first and also, Gorka's away. Yeah, he was so on he's tour. He's away a lot, so... He was on tour when I had Mia, so he literally had... We brought her home on the Saturday, and he had two shows on the Sunday. They give him the Monday off, and then he was back on the road on Tuesday. So he had less than two full days with her. And it was weird, because we were both craving each other's situations at certain times. Mm. Like, he'd FaceTime me, and I'd be sat, exhausted but with Mia smiling away, and he'd love it. And, and he'd be, like, on tour with the boys, and I'd think, oh, you know, he can, he's getting a good night's sleep, he's with his mates. All he wanted to do was be home with Mia. Mm. So you kind of forget how the other person's feeling, and you think about your situation only, and, well, I'm at home, I'm doing this. That's all he wanted to be. And tomorrow he's on his own with her for six hours. So uh, I don't know how that's going to go down. <laughs> the first time I left Tom with Buzz for three hours, Buzz cried suddenly. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, Good luck, he's on his own. And it's, it's from four in the evening till ten because I'm working. And it's a colic time as well around that time. Oh, good, good. So good I don't choice. know how it's going to go down. We'll see. <laughs> okay, we're going to finish with the thing that we always finish the podcast on. You have to finish these three sentences. Okay. Being a mum means... Everything to me. Everything. Since being a mum, I... have loads of piles. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that me and my... Well, even though I didn't push, I don't understand it because I didn't push. No, but... So why? <laughs> loads why? of people get piles in pregnancy and it's not spoken about. I, d I know. But, like, I just, I just don't understand because I thought it was something that was physically done. Like, physically pushing gives you them, and no, it just happens. <laughs> oh. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I like that your answer so far, very sentimental and not so much. <laughs> right, and I'm happy when the piles leave. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, um, I'm happy when, randomly, I'm feeding Mia in the night, and Gorka's next to me, and the three of us are just... Especially when it's raining outside. There's something cosy about it. But I'm also happy when she's sleeping in the night as well. <laughs> so I'll do both. <laughs> oh, thank you so much thank for giving you. us your time. You have been absolutely thank amazing. Thank you for having me. Thank, thank you. you for coming, everyone, as well. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> I hope you've had an absolutely amazing night. Thank you for supporting us, and we'll see you soon. Thank Bye. you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.